Blog Talk Radio. Episode 24 of the Loaded Gloves Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Scott Jarvis, and with me, as always, uh, this week is Michael Shepard and Victor Atkinson. How are you guys doing this week? I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, Michael? Good. Looking forward to it. Good, good. It's good to be back. We took last week off uh, just because I wasn't too... Too hyped over over uh, last night's action, so uh, I didn't waste any time previewing that or putting a show together because that takes me three or four hours, uh, you know, every Sunday. Uh, but we've got uh, some previewing to do this week and a ton of news and notes, uh, so we'll dive right in. Um, the uh, big one happening this next Saturday is going to be Terrence Crawford making his welterweight uh, debut uh, against WBO welterweight champion Jeff Horn. Uh, that's going to be on ESPN Plus, so you'll need to you'll need to subscri- subscribe to that, or you'll need to have access to a good stream to see it. Um, but uh, I want to know, Victor, and I'll start with you. Uh, what you make of this fight, uh, and who you see winning it, and why? Well, I mean, everyone's picking Crawford to win this. <laughs> a lot of people are mm-hmm. thinking that it's going to be easy for him. I don't think it's actually going to be easy unless he can let me see how I want to put this unless he can stop Jeff Horn from fighting pretty dirty which I don't think Crawford has ever had to deal with anyway like dirty fighting is actually the best thing to do if you're up against somebody that has a higher skill level than you because you take it from a boxing match to basically a street fight it evens out that skill gap a whole lot (laughs) right well, uh, Horn's uh, uh, also uh-huh. a big guy too, and Crawford yeah. isn't really used to fighting anybody that's like his size. He want to be real about it, so <laughs> that's another advantage right. for Horn there. I just, I think Horn is going to get stopped by like round eight or nine. Though I usually end up picking round eight or nine, it seems, but <laughs> I just don't see it going to decision. Yeah, it's t- it's tough to see it going all all twelve rounds. Uh, but before I give my pick, uh, Michael, I want to know what you think. Uh, I mean, Horn's got his work cut out. Crawford, arguably one of the pound-for-pound uh, pound best boxers in the world. Uh, he's got a good ring IQ, good power, combination punching. Uh, mm-hmm. He's probably he's going to be the best person that Horn's got in the ring with. That's including Pacquiao because you know Pacquiao's kind of passed it now. Uh, sure, I would smaller. pick Crawford. I would pick uh, Crawford to win it. Probably the same as Victor said, like around round uh, six or seven, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys in, in that Crawford definitely wins. I think he stops Horn, though, um, probably with inside four rounds. Um, I think Horn, even though we all know that Pacquiao was was robbed on the cards when he uh, lost, quote-unquote, lost to Jeff Horn, uh, I, th- I think people give Horn a little bit too much credit uh, for that for that effort. You know, um, I, I agree with you, Victor, that, that dirty fighting is probably the way to disrupt someone like Terrence Crawford or someone with his skill set. But I'm wondering if Crawford won't be able to box oh, on the outside and kind of pot shot horn. Uh-huh. 
I don't particularly mean someone with a Crawford skill set, like just like his style in particular. I just mean like anybody. If you're boxing anybody that's like better than okay. you, definitely fight them dirty. That is your right. best option there. Because like if you think about it, if you try to keep it clean, what you're doing is you're playing it to his advantages. He's a better boxer than you. So why are you trying to box him? That's not really right. work. You have to play to whatever advantage you have. And if someone's like <laughs> super well rounded like Crawford is you don't have an advantage. You don't like his horns advantages are just going to be like to do his little like hook elbow shit that he does and like headbutt him and like, yeah, him in the clinch, yeah. like that's it. Well now, now couldn't, couldn't Terrence Crawford, if Jeff Horn has success with that, with fighting dirty Victor, couldn't Crawford like answer back with his own elbows and his own low blows to kind well, of yeah, stymie that? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. But like, not everyone can actually do that. How many times you've seen a boxing right. match where someone just has to like, they deal with that shit. They don't like fire back with it. Like, I'm just going to keep boxing and they get fucked up. That's yeah, the that, thing. Yeah. That's the majority of the time. I love it though. I love when it, when it, when one guy fights dirty and then the other guy brings it right back. It always makes yeah. for some excitement. Um, That's what but I'm wondering. Doing the gym, but yeah, I, I mean that just, don't do it. Yeah, I mean it, it, you, you got to level the playing field in a fight. It's funny exactly. you said play to you, play to your advantages and, and bring you know or narrowing that that skill gap or that skill disparity. Uh, when I'm at the gym playing racquetball, like I'm an okay player, but like I play with guys that used to be pros or like are on a the A and B level in tournaments. Like mm-hmm. I can't I can't out muscle them. I'm 45, so I can't out move them. Most of the mm-hmm. time, so what I do is I stand in their way. I you know I know where the ball is going to be, so I try to be there so that they have a more difficult time getting to it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or, or, no, or I, exactly I talk to them, I talk do. shit. You know, exactly. just yeah, yeah. yeah. Play to whatever advantages <laughs> yeah. you have. There is yep. never any situation where somebody has like every single aspect of the game over you. That will never yeah. ever happen. There's always something there. You have to like figure out how to manipulate that into your advantage. Yep. Oh, that. Well, that's why how I beat the. Uh, my partner and I uh, was last Friday uh, beat a guy that was 28 and his partner was 24, uh, and two guys my age came out of there before we went in and they were like, "Good luck. These guys are too young, too fast." We went in and mm-hmm. whooped their ass because we, you know, we're older, we're smarter, we know how to we know how to disrupt their game. So, uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying with that. Um, I just exactly I kind of hope. You will have like that young boxer face against a veteran, and the young boxer is like physically superior, and then they don't know all the tricks that the old boxer has and they just end right. up losing That's yeah always it, a risk. Well, yeah well yeah when you when you lose your physical gifts or your physical ability you know the things that youth gives you once that's gone you got it you got to use what you have left and that's usually your brain and your experience mm-hmm. so exactly why yeah, is i just hope... lose to Salido? <laughs> same shit. right 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 well I mean, yeah i think going into that fight we all knew that lomachenko was the better technician but Salido has I all that experience and yeah, Salido and Salido made a career out of dirty fighting. So yeah. you know, yeah, that yeah, he was like that was he cheated on the scales and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah, that too. But yeah, I just, I just hope I gotta say it again. I just hope that you know, if Jeff Horn brings that dirty game, and I'm, I'm almost certain he will, uh, that Crawford, you know, doesn't try to just box him. I, I want to see him answer back and kind of level the playing field. Don't, I don't want to see. I hate it, man. I hate it when boxers look to the ref like, hey, that's a rabbit punch. Hey, that's a low blow. It's like no, don't don't appeal to the ref. Just do your job. You know, do it back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it it makes for more then, it makes for a more exciting fight. Uh huh. Then it's also a psychological thing because if I'm like dirty fighting you and then you're like looking to the ref to fix that shit, I think of you as a pussy at that point. I know yeah. for a fact at that point that you can't deal with what I'm doing. You want somebody else yep. to stop me from doing it. 
So That's, I'm yeah. going to keep doing it. <laughs> what is it? It's a psych- I know it what is it? What are they? What are they? What is it? Uh, boxing is ten percent. Uh, Physical and ninety percent mental. Is that what it, what the yeah. say? How the saying goes? Uh, that's yeah, the absolute that's bullshit, truth. That's the way with anything. No, no, no. That, I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that like psychological warfare, man. That stuff. That stuff works. You know what I mean? Like, like it you does. said. But I mean, you, I mean, if you if you're up against somebody that's like, if it was just that case, weight classes wouldn't exist, man. You could like willpower your way past weight classes. Is it, I wouldn't go that far with it, but it's I say right. like. I say like seventy thirty in favor of the uh, mental though. Okay, well that's that's still a that's still a huge like yeah. you know yeah. it's skewed one side pretty heavily. But yeah, I don't. Let me ask you guys, Michael, and I'll ask you first. Do you think uh, that Crawford is going to carry the same kind of power up to one forty seven that he had at one forty? I think he's got a good chance. You know, he's got good technique, uh, mm-hmm. which obviously you know adds a lot of. The speed and the technique, as you always say, you know, it's obviously part of the punch. So mm-hmm. I think it's, I think he's got a good chance, but in Horn, he's got a guy that's going to stand there. And right. he's, a, he's a tough fighter. I think he can take a good pound in. He's going to be obviously the bigger guy on the night. Um, so he's got it all to do. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know. I, I looked. I couldn't find out whether or not there was a rehydration clause for this fight. Do either of you guys know? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Yeah. I was going to say, how much is Jeff Horn, like you said, Victor, is a really big welterweight. I'm wondering what he's going to weigh on fight night compared to uh, to Terrence Crawford. Crawford's not a small guy, and he's like a freak when it comes to that shit. So don't right. be surprised if you see them be the same size, like the exact right. same size. Okay. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, what kind of – yeah, oh. I don't know. Uh, uh-huh. When you mentioned, like, the power, you maybe remind me of something. So – Okay. On this one forum that I go to, they mentioned that Jeff Horn, sorry, not Jeff Horn, that Terrence Crawford was going to be using these gloves with horse hair in them. Those are puncher's gloves, and they're the same mm-hmm. gloves that like McDonough tried to use against Mayweather. And they were thinking that that's unfair. <laughs> or like Jeff Horn, his trainer was like, oh, that's not fair, or something like that. That's horseshit. Well, like Jeff Horn yeah, how- saying that. It's, that's yeah. just the mental game. He's trying to like appeal to the media. Like those are normal fucking boxing gloves. There's those are puncher's gloves. There's basically like two kind of gloves. It's like the orthopedic ones, basically they're foam, and then the puncher's gloves that are horsehair, and then there's like right. hybrids where they like combine them and shit like that. But every hard puncher uses puncher's gloves. The only difference is that they don't protect your hands as much, so it's likely that you're gonna just fuck your hands up from using them. That's why a lot mm-hmm. of the times the punchers actually damage their hands over the course of their careers. Right. And it's unlikely that Crawford's going to be using them anyway because he's just coming off of a hand injury. But as far okay. as like Crawford's power carrying up, it should because honestly, Crawford was draining himself to make 140, so he should be even stronger now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's one of those those scenarios where you know later in the guy a guy's career they they move up just because they can't. They can't. Exactly. They can't do the, the weight drain. You know, as they get into their thirties or mid thirties, but mm-hmm. when they're younger, sometimes they're draining themselves more than they should, be, just because yep. they have the advantage of youth and being able to do that at that point in their life. Um, but I, I think probably I agree with you. I think Crawford probably belongs at welterweight and probably stays there for for a long, long time. Um, so I, I'm in agreement with you guys. I think uh, with you too, as, with you too, Michael. I think. Uh, not only is it a more natural weight for for Bud, uh, and I think he'll be healthier there, 
but I think, you know, he's got that technique, the timing and the speed and, uh, you know, all the other tools that, uh, you know, make power or can make power lethal or dangerous. Um, now, with that said, I wanted to ask both of you guys, um, and I know you probably you don't have it in your notes because I forgot to put it down. Um, what do you guys make of all the bitching and complaining uh, that Horn and his team have done about the wild card gym and the heat? or the lack of AC, is that just more bullshit, or is that, a, is that them kind of uh, uh, like, like putting together a built-in excuse for, for when you know, their guy loses or goes down Saturday night? Michael? Uh, it's probably just an excuse. I mean, it comes from Australia. It's not exactly a cold country, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was about to say. I was confused about yeah. what I heard <laughs> Yeah, I found, I found it kind of odd. I don't know whether he's just doing it to try and unsettle people, or whether they're just going to use it as an excuse. Yeah, you guys think he's going to have? You think Michael that he that he's having trouble making weight? Um, that could be the case, I suppose. Um, I know that he struggled to get down to that weight of obviously being the big body that he is. Like we just like you were just saying. Um, so maybe he's. Trying to think of an, of an excuse, like early doors. Yeah, right, you're right. 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 Now, what about you, Victor? Where are you at on that? That's a good point about struggling to make weight because this fight has been canceled before. A lot of times when, like, you're training and the fight gets canceled, that fucks up your weight cut a whole lot when it gets rescheduled like sure. that. So it could be the case. That excuse, though, is weird. Like, like Michael says from fucking Australia, as soon as I heard, like, yeah. oh, but aren't yeah. you from Australia where it's yeah. hot and – don't you like fight outside anyway in Australia where it's hot? <laughs> right, right. Huh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things. Like I, I like to say a lot on this show is one of those things we have to wait and kind of see how it plays out. Um, but I know that Horn is is there's been you know whispers that that he's had trouble making weight before or that it's been a real struggle for him. So I'm wondering if if that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think I think it's it's you know from what I've heard that it's been a little more than a struggle for him lately. Um, so I was wondering, uh, you know, what that what that bitching and complaining about the lack of AC was all about because also, I mean your body. Uh huh. Even though it was a struggle to make weight in the past, you have to assume that from the Pacquiao money he got, he has more resources now, so it might be a little bit easier. If you're like at a low level and you're a big guy, it's harder for you to make weight because you don't have like the right nutritionist, you don't have like the right training sure. regimen, you don't have the right people around you to like make that as effective as it possibly could be. So he has more resources now, so it might be a little bit easier at this point. Okay, well, that's 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 pretty fair to say. Um... Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess again, we gotta wait and see. Saturday will yeah. tell the tale. Um, now, outside of that, uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys. Yeah. <laughs> now, outside of that, guys, um, our outside of becoming the WBO welterweight champion, should he win Saturday? Uh, what does a what does a win against Jeff Horn do for Crawford uh, in the short term and in the long term? Victor, uh, we'll go with you this time. Okay. Well, for I mean, it's a WBO bill. It just really just gives him a belt. Um, sure. Afterwards, he could fight through unifications. That's pretty much it. Like, the WBO seems kind of separate from the Al Heyman guys who make it the majority mm-hmm. of welterweights right now. So it's really right. just unifications at that stage. Maybe fight the winner of Pacquiao Matisse. But I can yep. definitely see Pacquiao retiring after that or some shit. I don't think he yeah. – I don't know. <laughs> That's a possibility. I never know what Pacquiao's going to do. Uh, well, God, he's almost forty years old, so he sh- he should have been retired yeah. years ago. But he obviously he's he's one of those sad cases that where those guys are fighting because he needs the money. 
Um, but, uh, Michael, I want to ask you the next question. Uh, and Victor kind of touched on it in answering my last one. Um, assuming Crawford does what he's supposed to do Saturday, uh, where does he go next? I mean, all of the guys, all, all of the important guys at welterweight are with Heyman. They're on the other side of the street. So outside of a, a you know, possibly fighting the, the Pacquiao Matisse winner, uh, you know, after their, after that fight in July, uh, what does Crawford do? I mean, is he going to, is he going to feast on, you know, mediocre competition or B level guys or, or, or is there some other plan here you think? Uh, I agree with the, the first thing that Victor said. I think that it'll probably be Pacquiao next, but mm-hmm. outside of him, um, I would like to see him fight Re- uh, Regis Progre. I think that would be a good fight. I think Crawford would win, but it'd be an interesting fight. Um, outside of that, there's not many people that really jump off the list. Um, right. <laughs> Lipinets. Lipinets, who lost his title Lipinets. to Mikey Garcia. He's pretty. Uh, he's a solid guy. He's fan-friendly. He's good to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, that's a good question, to be honest with you. There's not many people that really spring to mind. Right. Oh, I think the only guy that could really push him at welterweight would be Errol Spence, but that's not happening at least anytime soon or for the foreseeable future. Uh, Keith Thurman, I don't think, would any go anywhere near Bud Crawford, even if they were with the same promoter. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of I'm, I'm excited to see Terrence Crawford come back this weekend uh, because he's one of my favorite guys right now and one of the best fighters in the world. But at the same time, it's, I ask myself what the same thing I just asked you guys, what does he do next? You know, with everybody with, you know, on the PBC side of the fence or on that side of the street, you know, those guys don't play well together and they don't really want to do business with one another. So, you know, that's going to create a lot of, uh, I think a lot of frustration for fans. Um, you know, as time goes on, you know, a couple fights, couple more fights from Crawford and people are going to really be itching, itching for him to get in there with, with one of the top guys. Um, but I don't think that happens for quite a while. Um, now to keep the show rolling guys, we'll just move on. Um, the other fight that is happening next week, um, that is of some importance, I guess, some more, more to some than, than to others. Uh, we have the Leo Santa Cruz versus Abner Mara's rematch, uh, which is a 12 rounder for Santa Cruz's WBA "Quote unquote." Here you go, Victor. Super featherweight title, not regular. Um, and this fight, actually, there's not a lot of buzz around it, guys. And to be honest, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of. Uh, I haven't. Nobody was really clamoring for this one. Nobody was, you know. I gotta see this one again, and we gotta run that back again, guys. I, you know, and for me, I, I don't have a ton of interest in this fight. Um, Victor, what are what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I mean, I'd rather Santa Cruz fight Frampton, but this is sure. probably the next best option. They should have fought when they were on the last card together, actually. I think it was like their last part of the fight before that. They should have fought then, but whatever. Yeah. You know, just delay this <laughs> and just do it now. Let's, let's go ahead. Fuck it. <laughs> it's right. not like there's a whole lot of options here, though, so I'm not too mad at it, you know, but it's just... Yeah. Uh, I, no, I, I'm with you. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't have a. You know, there isn't a fire in my belly. You know, raging for this fight or anything like that. But the first fight was was kind of competitive and was decent. You know, I, I'll mm-hmm. watch it. it. It probably won't be a terrible fight. Um, but I think Santa Cruz will probably win this yeah. one again. Um, yeah, I mean, Santa Cruz is he ever in terrible fights? No, I mean, well, the guy's got such a high work rate that you know, I mean. Yeah. How do you, how do you not enjoy watching him even to a you know to a small degree? Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. I ever since I think it was back in 2013 uh, that Mara's got knocked out by Gonzalez. I think in the second or third round, uh, he's only fought like six times in the last five years. Um, this rematch is happening three years after their first meeting. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, some people are looking looking more or forward more to this fight than they are the, the Crawford horn fight because they view that as a huge mismatch. Um, I'm not among the, that group. Um, I think Santa Cruz and Mars is going to be an okay fight. Uh, with Santa Cruz winning a, a probably a 12-round decision, maybe stopping Mares late because I think Mares is a little washed. Um, what are your thoughts on this fight, Michael? I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm probably going to go to the fight next week. Oh, uh, cool. The third the third fight was actually up was a was a candidate for a fight of the year. Didn't win mm-hmm. it, but it but it was up there. Uh, in the first fight, they threw 2,037 punches. Which is a pretty. Uh, Pretty crazy statistic. Were fifteen uh, hundred um, of them from Santa Cruz, or <laughs> what's <it>? yeah. <laughs> more than likely. <laughs> um, if it is, if the first fight's anything to go by, it should be a pretty fun fight. Um, I think Santa Cruz will win it, like you just said. I think he'll either take it over uh, twelve rounds or maybe a late stoppage. I see Santa Cruz being the the more of a pure boxer, he's got a, obviously mm-hmm. a size advantage as well. I think he's about three inches taller, three inches reach advantage. Um, they both like to trade punches and, and box, so it should be good. I see Santa Cruz just being a bit too, too big and too quick for him on the night, though. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at now. I want to ask you too, Michael. You said you had mentioned uh, that you had met with Santa Cruz or his team um, recently. Um, if he wins this Saturday night against Mares, um what what uh, did they indicate that they wanted to do next? Yeah, I went to uh, Montebello, I went to his gym last week and uh, I asked All him right. and he said that he'd like to um he'd like to fight Frampton. He didn't say whether it was going to be over here or over there, but um it sounds like a big fight for for them both and they'll probably just follow the money just wherever wherever the money is to get that trilogy mm-hmm. fight. All right. Well, I guess I think the question is is not does Santa Cruz want the fight, but I, I'm wondering how bad uh, Carl Frampton wants that fight, um, especially after that their last meeting. Um, I would li- I wouldn't mind watching it again, um, but I, the, the the things I've been reading from Frampton lately, it, he seems to have more interest in in local guys, you know, just just in Ireland and, and in England than he does anywhere else. So I'm wondering, you know. It, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, again, we have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Do um, you guys have anything else that you want to add to the Santa cruz Mares fight? Or should we just keep the Not show rolling way. along? <laughs> oh, go ahead, to Michael. The, uh, to the Frampton bit, I think the problem with the Frampton, uh, originally I think thought that Lee Selby was going to obviously beat Warrington and then that fight was going to be uh. a big fight in Ireland. But uh, obviously Warrington kind of upset the yeah. uppercut, as they say. Yeah. And uh, I think with him being a new champion, I think he's probably going to look for some easier fights because if he fights Frampton, he's probably going to lose. And I can't see that he yeah. just wants to give up his title straight away. So he's probably going to fight some gimmies, which leaves uh, Frampton kind of like in limbo. So the yeah. the, Santa Cruz, the Santa Cruz fight might work out, but probably not in the time frame that he wants because I think Frampton was wanting to fight again around August, September time. So maybe okay. later in the year or maybe Easter next year. 
Okay. Well, I, w- I wouldn't be too bad as long as it ha- you know, as long as it doesn't go three or four years out because these guys, you know, they're in the smaller weight classes and they age. They don't age as gracefully or as as slowly as the, the bigger guys do. So, uh, with that said, um, we'll move on to the next fight, uh, and this is happening uh, next Saturday as well. Is Jermel Charlo uh, versus Austin Trout for twelve rounds, uh, and this is, one is for Charlo's WBC Junior Middleweight title. Now. Um, uh, Charlo's coming off an eight-month layoff, guys, um, and I consider Austin Trout to be a bit washed up. Um, I, I, I've seen, or I've read, and, and watched several videos from people, you know, high, high-profile boxing media personnel, you know, talk, kind of talk uh, about Austin Trout as though he's still a threat. Um, I just, I don't Great see that. it, guys. Okay, um, I don't see it. Michael, I think that uh, after who was it? Uh, I don't remember who. It was. Oh, the last the last couple of fights I've seen Austin Trout in, he's just kind of looked sluggish, um, and he hasn't been on his mark. He's been kind of slow to pull the trigger and, and and a lot less accurate than he used to be. And obviously, he doesn't have the same. His legs aren't the, you know at the same quality they once were. Um, I think Charlo probably wins this one uh, by stoppage, probably later in the fight. Um, how do you feel about this one, man? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the fight you were talking about was when he fought um, Jarrett Hurd. He did look a bit kind of sluggish that day. and um, He's kind of not journeyman status yet, or gatekeeper, whatever you'd like to call him, but he seems to be going down that kind of that street. Um, like he's, yeah. He fought uh, the Charlo. He fought Jamel back in 2015 and lost in a unanimous decision, so... Looks mm-hmm. like he's going to get beaten by both of them. Uh, <laughs> but I agree, he seems to be going down that direction, be more of a gatekeeper than kind of just, I don't know, admitting he's, he's slipping and, you know, just going into retirement because, you know, he's, he works for Fox Sports or something like that, doesn't he present on the PBC? So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Trout, Trout's, I mean, even in his prime at his best, uh, like when he was giving Canelo plenty, plenty to think about uh, back in the day. Uh, I think Trout was a, was a really sturdy um, B level, B plus level fighter, um, a pure boxer, of course. You know, he doesn't have a lot of pop or anything, but the guy could move and use angles and and, and was really accurate and economical with his punching. Um, but I, that guy, I don't think is around anymore. And I, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's quite gone off the cliff yet, but I think he's ready to be pushed are ready to be knocked off that cliff. Um, and I think Charlo's probably the guy that's going to do that. Um, I kind of view this fight, Michael, as a, as a showcase for Charlo. He's been, a, he's on a, a four, I think it's a four KO, you know, streak run, uh, knocking out his last four opponents. And I think that, uh, Trout will be his fifth victim. Um, now assuming that, uh, he takes care of business and defeats Austin Trout. Um, what, or where do you think Charlotte goes next, or what, and what would you like to see him do next? I think the problem with Charlotte is that nobody wants to fight him. Uh, yeah. That seems to be uh, his problem. Um, if he, I would, I would like to see him fight Jarrett Hurd. Um, I think That's everybody would like sure. to see that fight. That'd be a, that'd be a great fight. Um, if not him, then uh, maybe... Is it Mungia, the new guy who just appeared? Uh, yeah, Jaime Mungia. 
yeah, that'd be a good fight. So either of those two, but he just seems no one really seems to want to fight him. Sure. Uh, what are your thoughts, Victor? On who Charlotte should fight next? Uh, yeah, yeah, or even just the fight itself because you were away when we were talking about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it... Trout isn't going to beat Charlotte right now. I mean, even at his peak, I don't, I don't know if he could. This right. is definitely not Trout's peak. He's definitely <laughs> right now. He just got stopped. He's commentating a whole lot, which takes away from time from your own training. So he's even more in a compromised state because of that. So I, I don't see him winning this one. It's probably going to be competitive because yeah. Trout is still kind of like tricky in there. But I, sure. I just don't see him actually winning. As far as what I want to see Jamal Charlo do next. Or Jamil, I'm sorry, Jamil Charlo do next. <laughs> like you said, it's like nobody wants to fight him, so you're kind of stuck in a state of like, what can he even do right now? So I guess just keep right. taking his fucking windows or some shit. This is a good fight for him, this profile, you know, but it's it's kind of whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, outside of Hurd or or Jaime uh, Munguia, I uh, I you know I don't really have any interest seeing uh, Charlo fight anybody else you know, right out of the gate. But I don't think either of those fights are going to happen for a long time if they fight, if they ever happen at all. Uh, now, let me ask both you guys, Victor, and I'll, I'll start with you this time. Um, how long do you think Jermel stays at uh, 154? Probably a year or two. You think that long? I mean, he's not having trouble making the weight, is he? And 154... Uh, not that I've heard. Yeah, 154 I, is it's okay for him. It's a solid spot. 160 right now. He's going to have to deal with his twin brother again. You know, when I say deal with, I mean like they're going to be like taking up the spotlight from each other. Is what I mean when I say right. deal. I mean they're going to fight each other. But, but like they did that like at 154. The yeah, yeah. I mean like they did that at 154 too. But I think when they did that at 154, you kept just associating them with each other. It was always like twin. People couldn't even tell them apart. Like they were just fighting. <laughs> like oh, so is this the guy that fought him or this? Like we would always go back to that. I think since they separated themselves, it's like, okay, 160 Charlo, 154 Charlo. I fucked up their name, but yeah. <laughs> it makes it a little bit easier if they're different divisions. Right, right. Now, what about you, Michael? Do you think he'll stick around at uh, uh, junior uh, middleweight, or do you think he moves up? I think it's just dependent, like we were just saying, um, if he can get fights and he can get sure. if he gets the, the Jarrett Hurd fight and maybe beats Hurd and clears out the division, then a move up to. The next division, you know, to um, if they can get the Triple G or the Canelo money or something like that, um, mm-hmm. then they may leave even earlier. If they get, if no one wants to fight them and they get the chance of a big payday against either of those two, then I imagine they'll probably step up. Okay, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think he sticks around uh, 154 for as long as is there. You know, there are decent fights to be made. Um, and again, I don't think I don't just because of the way boxing works, especially nowadays. Uh, and these guys only fighting twice a year. Uh, I don't think he's going to get in there with any, you know, in, anybody on murderer's row anytime soon, regardless of the weight class he's in. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think he moves up at some point. But I think it'll, like Victor said, probably another year or two. Um, and I think, again, like Victor said, uh, his brother being there kind of complicates it for, for both of those guys. Uh, so uh, we'll have to let that one play out. Uh, but with that said, uh, I want to talk about the uh, one other fight of interest that's happening uh, this Saturday, and th- this one's happening in Manchester, uh, so it'll be early for us here in the States, especially for Michael and I. Um, but Tyson Fury returns uh, in a 10-round heavyweight fight against career cruiserweight, and I'm going to butcher this name, 
Sefer or Sefer Seferi. Uh, the Mac is ending a two-plus year layoff um, and uh, against a 39-year-old uh, native of Alabania, or I'm sorry, Albania, uh, who's just fought twice a year since 2010. Um, so this guy isn't incredibly active, uh, nor is he a spring chicken. So, uh, Michael, we'll start with you. I want to know what your thoughts are on this fight, uh, on the selection of opponent, um, and, and how you think it's all going to go down. Uh, I think, like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, I didn't expect Tyson to come back against any uh, big name after yeah. having was it two two years off or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think to jump back in with a live opponent um, would have been kind of silly, really. Um, sure. I think you'll have... He should, he should have zero trouble. <laughs> he should have zero yeah. trouble against this guy. Um, he's coming off uh, a win back in uh, March. Uh, the Albanian. He's much smaller. He's fought most of his career uh, cruiserweight, and he, most of his uh, career he's been beating up on low-level fighters. Really, his only right. opponent of any his only opponent that anyone really knows was a, a 2016 loss to uh, Manuel Cha. So, um, oh, okay, wow. That's news to me. <laughs> yeah, it was like yep. some WBA title. Um, I think this fight oh, really wow. was just picked to have um, to get the ring rust away from Tyson, put sure. him back in the shop window, and then uh, obviously he's got potential fights in the future against Joshua or Wilder if he can keep winning. Yeah, uh, well, that, that depends. We've talked about that before too, Michael. I think last week or the or a couple of weeks ago, rather, uh, where. You know, I don't know. We don't know how what his what uh, Tyson Fury's game plan is. You know, the long game plan is uh, is he going to be feasting on on these you know these Sefer Sefery type of opponents for a year, two years, three or four, or is he gonna oh, you know move well, into the top twenty to the top ten? I because I mean, well, if the guy only fights twice a year, Victor, I mean, you know, how, how long do we have to wait before he gets in there with a, with a live body? I'm telling you, man, it's a three-year plan. It's a three-year three? plan before we get – yeah, it's a three-year plan until you see him against somebody like Joshua. It's a two-year plan before you see him against somebody that's, like, in the top ten. But for right now, this is, like, fight maybe, like, two, if you want to call them bums, bums. I'm, I have no problem with calling this guy a bum if you want to say that and go ahead. <laughs> it's, like, just, it's going to be a year of guys like this and then a little step up and then another step up. Like, I feel like the last – opponent before his like the josh with the top level thing is going to be somebody like um big baby miller or some shit like that that's going to be like once you see him get somebody like that then the plan is like we're in the last stage of the plan oh okay okay so do you do you think that that uh fury uh assuming he, you know he, he's probably going to stop this guy i think he's going to stop c furry uh late um but assuming Hopefully he doesn't he take any play. damage any yeah, but assuming he doesn't take any damage and he he does what he's supposed to do against a guy of this of Seifer's Seifer's caliber, uh, do you think he comes right back? You know, within three or four months, or do you think it's a six month off type of thing? And you know, these long layoffs and or, or what's going to happen there? He needs to come right back, but just because mm-hmm. of the way boxing works, that might not happen. But he really needs to come right back. This isn't a type of thing where you want to keep a guy on a layoff at all, especially since these are like pointless, just tune-up fights. You need to have him in right. ring, keep him busy, keep him away from himself, basically. <laughs> now, Michael, would would you would you say it's fair to call this fight at basically a glorified sparring session? No, that's 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 what it is. At the end of the day. Um, yeah. 
they brought him back. You know, he on paper he has a good record, but when you look into it, it's not really. He's just fought a load of taxi drivers. Um, right. <laughs> oh, that's another thing, though. Not to cut you off, but I'm going to forget about it if I don't. I hate it when we as boxing fans just look at a guy's record and then act like that is solely what determines if they are good or not. Like, yeah, you're 30 and two, but you're 30. <sighs> don't mean anything and this other guy is like 20 and 3 but the 3 he lost were like fucking world titles or some shit like that like it's not really you the, can't look the, at the record the first name that popped into my head when you started talking about that Victor was was Deontay Wilder exactly Poof, out of the blue Deontay <laughs> just I, I just you know and, and you're right it's it's been one of those things well before you got either of you guys were even born i remember hearing you know my dad and my uncles and even my grandfather talk about that like oh this, this you know my uncle would say oh this guy's 40 and oh my grandpa would say wait hold on a minute there you know this guy hasn't really fought anybody or he's got a bunch you know he's got a bunch of you know layups and soft touches and i i you know you hear but you still hear about that it happens all the time and is experienced fans you know like us guys like us i i I'm only speaking for myself here and, and some other people that I know personally that watch boxing, but I think we all fall into that trap from time to time. Well, you know, I look at this guy's got 90% KO ratio. This guy's yeah. 40 and 0, and it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's pump the brakes. Let's 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 really look at what's on his resume because it's not just it's not just the fight result. You know what I mean? It's just not just the numbers. It's it's a lot more than that. It's not just how, what do they always say? It's not just how you win or lose, but it's how you win and lose. Sometimes you lose and your stock rises because you turn in a kick-ass performance. Sometimes you lose, you get, you know, knocked out in the first round and, you know, it looks like Abner Mares, you know what I mean? Back when he lost to Johnny Gonzalez, you know, he was up in the, the a lot of guys pound for pound lists. And then uh, here comes this journeyman that beat the living shit out of him in just a couple of rounds and pretty much exposed him for what he was. So it's it's really easy to get caught up in that, but that's a good point, Victor. Um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but uh, you know, as it pertains to Tyson Fury, um, I've never been a big Fury supporter or fan, to be honest with you guys and with our I'm listeners. Gonna, but uh, shoot you in a minute, you're gonna just like show nope. up the next boxing event in California. Some British guy just gonna roll up on you. You better watch yourself <laughs> now, man. <laughs> that's all right, man. I can I can ha- I can handle myself even if he's seven feet tall. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Get banged. That's what they're gonna say. <laughs> Have to wear a mask when I go to the fights, huh? Hey, man. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I kind of hope that, uh, you know, for the sake of the division, uh, the, or the health of the division, uh, like Michael has said on shows previously, uh, you know, ty- uh, a healthy and focused Tyson Fury that's winning and doing so impressively, I think is good for the division and, and good for fans and good for the sport as a whole. Um, he just throws a third monkey wrench into the, into the whole thing. Um, I don't think, and I meant to ask you guys, because when we were talking about, uh, you know, his, his game plan, is it a two year plan? Is it a one year plan? What is it? Um, if he's fighting often and he's, you know, he stays really active um, and he gets to, Anthony Joshua saying two or three years. I think it kind of. It, I kind of wanted to see Tyson Fury get in there with Deontay Wilder. I think he would probably take Wilder to school for the most part. But while I, we forget, or I should say, I forget that Deontay Wilder turns thirty-five this year. So you know, in, in a couple of years, Deontay Wilder isn't going to be what he what he is now. You know what I mean? <laughs> for what 
for what that oh my is, God. you know. That yeah, is, he's he, he's not a young man. No, no, like I, I I understood that. I just didn't think he was going to get worse. It literally you, did what? not dawn on my mind that he'd get worse. Yeah, holy well, fuck! I mean, well, the, well, the last thing I don't I don't what know, is, dude. I don't know, but <laughs> I, but I'll tell you, I'll tell I'll tell you guys. Uh, even if, even if even if Fury was was on a collision course with Deontay Wilder, which it's clear he's not. I think Josh was the the logical fight to make just because it's an all English fight and they'll do huge numbers. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, Victor, how, how, how much worse can Deontay Wilder get, you know, when he's in decline? I mean, the last thing to go is the guy's power, but yeah, he's already fallen over himself trying to throw a punch. We have already seen this. Is he going to knock himself unconscious? Well, let's let's let Michael chime in here because we haven't heard from him in a couple of minutes. Uh, yeah, what do you what do you think of what what do you think about? Uh, I I know you you're you're uh, you're kind. Of, you, I, I, are you a Tyson Fury supporter, Michael? You've never really said either way. Uh, when he was first around, I wasn't really a big a big supporter of him. But then since he's come back, I kind of like him a little bit more. I think maybe just the sure. heavyweight division needed him, needed that character. So yeah, yeah, the character, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, lo- I love his antics. <laughs> yeah, I'm more now since the reincarnation of him, I guess. Um, right. But I, 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 there was a recent interview, I think ESPN put it on today, saying that uh, Tyson said he was hoping to fight about four times before the end of the year. And oh, if, you look, if you go back to if you go back to when he first turned professional, um, mm-hmm. he fought he fought nine times in twelve months. So. <sighs> I imagine he's just trying to do the same thing, you know, because obviously he's had that long layoff, just come back and just try and fight a few people, get back under the lights and get sure. back that fitness. I imagine it's completely different fighting on on fight night than to fighting in sparring, as everybody says. It's, I can imagine you use up a lot more energy, being kind of uptight and not as calm in the ring, because obviously with all the crowd there. So hopefully mm-hmm. he does get out a few times before the end of the year. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Now, let, let me ask you, just because we were talking about Deontay Wilder, uh, it's kind of a fantasy matchup uh, in some regards, but do you, do you, would you favor Fury in a, in a fight against Wilder, especially, you know, two or three years down the line? Yeah, I, I think Fury should uh, take him to school. Like, like Victor was just saying, like, Wilder struggles to stand up because he's so wild. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, in Tyson Fury, te- technique-wise, I think everybody says that he is the best technical heavyweight out there. I think um, it should be it should be a Tyson Fury win. I mean, those two were went face to face in 2016 in Alabama or somewhere when Wilder fought. Yeah. Fury was in the yeah they Fury was he in came the in the ring. <laughs> he called he called that's Wilder that's, a bum twice. <laughs> that's one thing you've got to give Tyson. He's not he's not too uh, he's not. He's not scared to fight anybody. He's never really going to duck a fight. He went over to uh, Germany to fight Klitschko in his backyard and took the belt from him. So sure. I think, you know, he would, sell a fight. He, would, he would yeah. go over here and fight. What were you saying, Victor? He knows how to sell a fight? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like the little yeah. promotion that he does. You know, he makes it a bigger fight just from him being involved in it. Yeah, well, the sh- just for the shit talking and the antics alone, exactly. uh, I think Tyson Fury is great for boxing. I mean, if anything, it's it's hilarious. I mean, the first thing I think about when somebody says Tyson Fury is either his raspy voice and his really thick accent, or like the serenading he does, you know, or he did at the end of the Klitschko fight. I mean, that shit will will probably stick with me for the rest of my life. That was hilarious. 
Um, but outside of that, uh, do you guys have anything else to add, or you want to you want to add to the Tyson Fury uh, fight that's coming this weekend? It's looking right. like uh, Shannon the Cannon Briggs next after. Oh, are you shitting me, Victor? Or, or, or sorry, Michael, are you are you kidding? No, if you look, if you follow them both on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter, like they keep going back and forth every day, putting little videos on where Fury was like singing to him or something like that, and then Briggs was watching oh him, filming himself watching it and calling him out, and then a few months ago, Briggs put on uh, Instagram or something some uh, direct messages he'd received from Tyson. <laughs> kind of saying like hey like when i come back i want to fight you and he took a screenshot and put it on there so and i think just like you said you know they're both showmen they're both lunatics so that would that fight would sell, <laughs> make, some, make some good money i think oh my god i i i, I don't know victor you tell me how if, if you think i'm way off on this but wouldn't shannon briggs at this point with Shannon being 46 or 47 be kind of a step down from from a 39 year old cruiserweight Yes? Hello? I think we lost Victor, Michael. Yeah, I think he might be. So, Victor, if you can hear us, hey, uh, disconnect and uh, reconnect to the to the show, and, and I'll patch you in. Uh, but we'll keep it moving, Michael. Uh, I want to move on to uh, our news and notes because we have quite a bit to cover here. Uh, but before I do that, uh, I want to remind our listeners that they can call us uh, talk with uh, me, Michael, and Victor about anything boxing-related. Uh, that number is 657-383-0391. You can also tweet your questions and comments to me at, at SplitDBoxing, to Victor at 757Vic, and to Michael at, at MShep10. Um, so with that, let's move on to news and notes, Michael. Uh, and real quick, Victor, are you back? No, not yet. Maybe he stepped away. I know he isn't feeling well, so uh, we'll just we'll just go ahead and do this, Michael. Um, the first bit of news and notes that I wanted to go over with you guys today uh, was the fact that Vili, uh, Vasily Lomachenko uh, tore his shoulder early in the fight against Jorge Linares a couple of weeks ago, uh, and he had to have his uh, labrum or labrum uh, repaired, uh, the muscle or the tendon in his shoulder. I'm not sure which one that was, uh, and he's going to be out until December. Um, it had been suggested, Michael, that he was going to be fighting Ray Beltran in the fall. Uh, now I'm wondering if we don't get Lenars and Beltran instead. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of that? Um, the first thing that sprang to mind was uh, just how good the performance was with, with the injury. Um, I thought mm-hmm. he already did box well against Lenares, and then to find out afterwards, obviously he'd got, he'd got injured early on in the fight and still went on to win. Um, having to uh, change, change his style slightly, because I think he was saying that he could throw the jab, but he couldn't throw the hook with that arm. Um, mm. Kind of just goes to show how good he really is. Yeah. Um, to go from there, I was kind of looking forward to the Beltran fight because it was going to be local to uh, to me and you in California. So I was trying to sure. hoping to see the Matrix. I've never seen him live yet. So kind of disappointed yeah. with that. Um, I agree with you. I could see Beltran, Linares. It'd probably be an easy fight to make. I see Linares probably taking that. Uh, Beltran is obviously... Good fighter, good story with him having to get his citizenship by winning the world title and all that sort of stuff. But he's obviously not getting any younger. Um, I see yeah. Lenares taking that quite easily, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I'm wondering too, Michael, if if that fight does come off, uh, if that doesn't, you know, and Lenares does win, if that doesn't complicate things a little bit uh, for Lomachenko because it's he recently stated that he was he was planting his uh, flag at 
at lightweight and was not going to, you know, bounce or bounce up and down looking for fights anymore. Um, you know, there isn't, I mean, the, 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 the fight against Linares, Lomachenko versus Linares was, was a competitive, but, but, a very clear win for Lomachenko with a stoppage too. So I, you know, there isn't, uh, uh, you know, really any need to see a second fight between those two guys. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, maybe, maybe something like that might, might keep this fight from happening. The Linares Beltran fight. Um, but I think, I think it would be a decent fight to make, you know, in lieu of Lomachenko, uh, being able to, to fill that role in the fall. Um, now I don't, I don't think he'll be back in December. I think he'll probably take, uh, probably take the rest of the year off and come back in the spring. Um, and when he does, I don't think it'll he'll it'll be obviously be against anybody, you know, on the level of Linares or anything like that. But uh, again, that's one of those things we got to wait and see. It's unfortunate because uh, Lomachenko is like you know number one on on my pound for pound list. Not that I really keep those kinds of lists anymore, but uh, you know I think he's the best. He's the most complete fighter uh, in the world right now. Uh, and probably the most dangerous to be in there with. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, Lomachenko and is probably up there with my, one of my favorites, him and Mikey Garcia are my favorites. Uh, like you said, it's kind of hard. To, if he's not got Beltran next, I'm not really too sure where he goes. Mikey, uh, Mikey uh, Garcia is fighting Robert Easter in July. Yeah. So maybe yep. Mikey Garcia, but I don't know whether coming straight back after an injury, whether he'd go in with somebody as, uh, as lively as Mikey. Um, yeah. <laughs> so maybe the Beltran fight, maybe if he doesn't fight Linares in uh, September. Okay. Well, uh, that would that would actually make pretty good sense. I'd love obviously I think we all want to see him in there with Garcia, but I don't think that happens even next year, so that's just one of those that, that we have to we are you back, Victor? Yeah, Mike <laughs> Garcia simultaneously wants to fight everyone and no one at the same time. That's just crazy. <laughs> You're right, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I what, what do you think about uh, Lomachenko, uh, Lomachenko's injury and and having to sit out in a possible uh, Lenars Beltran fight, man? Dude, Lomachenko's injury makes his win even more impressive, but it does kind of yeah. worry me that he keeps getting injured in some way. So it's like a hand injury after his fights, or like a shoulder injury, or something like that. I. I worry when that's going to catch up with him. Like, when is he going to take on a tough... Because he takes tough fights. When is he going to take on a tough fight, get injured, and not going to be able to be himself in the fight because of that injury and just loses to somebody that he really should not lose to? Right. Right. Or, yeah. Or or that that his injuries could be... Or his frailty could be, you know, the thing that, that either keeps the Garcia fight from eventually happening or happening or just kind of ruins it or sours it altogether. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that happens a lot with fighters. Uh, hopefully it yeah. doesn't this time because I, that's that's like for for my money, uh, Lomachenko versus Garcia is like one of the one of the best fights to make in the sport right now. Um, you know, Lomachenko I, is going to fuck Mikey Garcia up badly if they fight. I, I'm telling you, it's not going to be as competitive as Lunares fight. I am telling you, it will not be as competitive. Ah. Well, dude, I will, dude, I will never. When you talk like that, I will never ever bet against your 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 words. Because every fucking Saturday when we sit down and log on to Rabbit to watch the fights, and Michael, one of these days, if you're if you're able to join us, you'll know what I'm talking about. Vic, these guys come out right after the opening bell, and they, you know, the first bounce off their toes or the balls of their feet. 
Victor says, oh, that guy's in trouble, and he hasn't even been hit yet, and it's, it's fucking right every time. And I'm sitting here scratching my head going, that's, that's, no, what are you talking about, dude? And it happens exactly like Victor says it's going to happen every time. And it's like, and, or I go, oh, my God, he got hit by that left, and Victor said, I saw that coming six rounds ago. And it's like, what? And it, it, it's just, it, it's crazy, dude. It's totally crazy. But, yeah, you know, to, to, to get back on track here, uh, I, I, I agree with you, Victor. I think it's a good fight. I think it's competitive for the first three or four rounds, but I think Lomachenko really kind of gives gives Garcia the business over the the course of the fight and probably stops him late. Um, wh- how would you how would you see that playing out, Michael? Uh, do you agree with us? I don't know. It's my two favorite fighters. It's, um, I don't know. I mean, Lomachenko is obviously more technical, quicker. Uh, Mikey's a good technical fighter. He does everything kind of correctly by the book, should we say. Sure. Whereas Lomachenko just seems to have a completely different style to everybody else, you know, this thing called the Matrix. Um, Mikey, I would imagine, is going to have the bigger power. So I think it's one of those where Lomachenko is either going to just make him quit on his stool late on or Mikey's going to take him out and just catch him. Uh, mm. I haven't really answered the question because it's my two favorites. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate it when fight. Uh, that was like when I had to watch... Uh... A Hagler and Leonard fight way back in the day. That fight drove me fucking nuts, man. You know, and it's it's still the same way as an older guy now. I don't I don't want to see I you know either of my favorite guys you know have to fight each other just because you don't want either one of them to lose. But you know sometimes that happens in the sport. But yeah, it's it's a tough. I it's tough. I hopefully we get to see it before you know 2023 rolls around and both of these guys are are 35 and 36. But uh, we'll see. Um, the other bit of uh, news and notes that I wanted to talk about, guys, and this is the big one, uh, I meant to put it first, uh, was that Billy Joe Saunders pulled out of his June 23rd fight against Martin Murray, citing a hand, uh, excuse me, a hand injury. The, the explosion in my face has kind of fucked me up, so I'm a little slow today, guys. Um, but uh, Saunders is no stranger to pulling out of fights, uh, but this one kind of comes suspiciously at a rather interesting time uh, because both Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez are, are currently hunting or looking for their autumn opponents. Uh, and there's been whispers and rumors that uh, both sides are in talks with Team Saunders. Um, now, personally, guys, I'm of the opinion that Canelo and Golden Boy are going to try to pay uh, Billy Joe Saunders not to fight Golovkin, you know, and to go do his own thing or do something else. Um Basically, also. because Canelo has problems with guys that move, and he's been he's coming off a twelve month layoff. Um, go ahead, Victor. I'll let you, I'll let you run with it. Isn't it fucking hilarious that that's the thing we have to assume? Like, not that Canelo's going to try to fight Billy Joe Saunders, but Canelo's going to try to stop Saunders from fighting someone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was funny because I, I I debated. I didn't argue or fight, but I was debating with somebody this morning on Twitter about that when I when I got the news and this person was like no 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 he's going to go for he's going to go right for Saunders he's going to get that belt and you know it's a smart political move to to and you know to get Golovkin to just sign whatever they want in science well you're right about it being no yeah, you're Canelo's going to fight O'Sullivan yeah exactly uh, Canelo Canelo popped for two positive drug tests and then he's been out of the ring for a whole fucking year by the time you know this September rolls around and they're going he's going to step in there with Billy Joe Saunders you know, no, I I don't fucking buy that. He struggled with Trout. He struggled with Laura. Uh, you know, you know, and I, yeah, he's improved since then. But he still has problems with those kinds of fighters. And Billy Joe's really good. So, 
I, I, I came to the conclusion after talking to this person this morning that there's just there's no way that they're they're in talks with Team Saunders to fight him. They're, I think that they're gonna they're telling him, hey dude, chill, chill on this Golovkin fight. Go do go fight somebody else or do nothing for another six months, and we'll pay you for the you know pay you to do nothing essentially. Um, but uh, what what do you, what did you make of all that, Mike? Uh. I think obviously Saunders is going to be in talks with probably both both of them. Uh, I think Triple sure. G probably seems like the likelier fight as they were kind of supposed to fight. Uh, was it last year or something like that or the year before? Yeah, um, June or July. And then Canelo Cox blocked it. And they also couldn't get like um, <laughs> like sponsor or some shit like that in, um, in Kazakhstan or something like that. It was something to do with Kazakhstan. Yeah. But yeah, they Canelo had the, they had the big it. thing. Yeah. 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 Now I, let me um, ask you, Michael. Oh, real quick, Michael. Let me ask you um, before you finish your thoughts. Uh, if you're if you're Team Saunders, what do you or if you're advising Saunders what to do next? What do you tell him to do? What's the better fight to take? I would say Canelo. <laughs> that's a hard question. <laughs> I would say Canelo's <laughs> probably probably the bigger draw money wise. Um, everyone seems to always say that he seems to be the meal ticket. Uh, sure. Triple G maybe I don't know in a strange way maybe the easier fight because he didn't look that great obviously against uh, Jacobs and he, obviously he's older um, right I think both of them I think both of them especially Triple G he fights the same style of fight he did against Lemieux um, mm-hmm. I think against Triple G he'd have a, a really good chance of beating him I'm not saying he's going to but he's got a good chance of beating him sure Strongly disagree. <laughs> Lemieux, you see, the thing with that performance is that Lemieux doesn't have a jab. He didn't have a jab at all. He didn't do anything really. All he tried to do was like land. Not he didn't try to land just like good left hook like he usually does. He just tried to come in with like a straight right and kind of like did nothing with it. There was no setup to it, and his footwork is shit too. So it's very easy for someone like Saunders to predict that and really not get touched. You can't do that against Golovkin because he's more technically sound. It's going to be like a battle of the jabs between the two of them, and I don't see like it's, that type of game plan is not going to be as easy against Golovkin as it was against Lemieux. He's going to have to fight entirely different. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm with Mike on this one, Victor. I, I, if I was suddenly, you know, put into the position of advisor to to Billy Joe Saunders, I would have kind of sighed just like Michael did and said, "Well, shit, you know, on 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 the left, you got a guy that can knock you out and put you in the hospital, or you know, change your career forever negatively, and on the other mm-hmm. hand, you got a guy that you can beat on points, but mm-hmm. you're never gonna get it on. You're never gonna get it on the fucking cards because yep, he's gonna fight and right there. So, so it's it's one of those things. It's like pick your poison kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> do you want to be yeah. shot or do you want to be stabbed? You know what I mean? Well, how about neither? But you got to take one. You know. So, I, you know I, what? But I, uh huh. I've got a theory on like the way to beat Canelo by decision. I know what the judges are doing. See, by the time the opening bell starts. Canelo has already won three rounds, and <laughs> you have to work around yeah. that. Yeah, well, He's it's already it's kinda, three yeah. rounds up. That's well, how let they me, would have his draw, or like one of those judges gave it a draw, because <laughs> they gave Canelo well, three rounds, which turned into a draw for them. But do you, do you, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're saying, man. Now, Michael, let me ask you: Do you think that that Saunders, and I know Saunders isn't really known to be a puncher, but say Saunders, you know, fights Alvarez in the fall, 
uh, or at any point in the future. And he drops, say he drops Canelo just once in the fight, and then he dominates, you know, nine or ten rounds of the fight outside of that. Do you think he can win on the cards even with a knockdown? Oh, I'd like <laughs> to think so. Yeah. I'd let Bird a Dudshaw. Yeah, it's just shit. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think they'll keep her away from Canelo fights just because of the, the, the type of attention that, w- that it would draw to it, you know what I mean, in the backlash. And, you know, that might, that might spark, you know, somebody to start an investigation or something. But, you know, but you don't burgle the, house, the same house, two, you know, two nights in a row. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That, that's, that's a tough scenario. Um, all, all I'm certain of, and this, this is just speculation or conjecture, rather, on my part, is, is I, I'm fairly certain that, that, you know, Golden Boy and Team Canelo are, are talking to, to, you know, Saunders and his team about not fighting Golovkin, doing anything but fighting Golovkin, so that, you know, they, they stay away from that. It's basically like an – Golovkin's kind of become this intellectual property of Golden Boy, kind of, you know, indirectly. You know, they kind of own his career now. Um, but with that said, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen in this. Um, it could go either way. I, but I, I am fairly certain, guys, that, that Alvarez isn't going to go anywhere near – uh, Billy Joe Saunders, at least not in the fall, coming off a 12-month layoff. Um, <sighs> yeah, I hopefully it all gets sorted out because I, I part of me when I was preparing the show today, guys, like the Billy Joe Saunders thing, it's kind of exciting news. It was like, okay, well, you know, hey, maybe we'll get Alvarez versus Saunders or we'll get finally get Golovkin versus Saunders. And no matter who wins, we get an undisputed middleweight champion of the world, which even though my guy, you know, if it were Golovkin losing, my guy would be losing, it would still be exciting and good for the sport to have a unified or consolidated champion in, in the division. Um, but it, it, this whole, this whole thing, it just kind of, it's kind of a bummer for me guys. It, the, the, you know, this, the, the drug test, then the, all the, ker, you know, kerfuffling that goes on, you know, with, with golden boy and, and, and 360 promotions, yeah, they're talk. They're still talking to each other. No, they're not. One guy wants this. One guy wants that. Nobody knows what you know. It, it's really difficult to ascertain exactly what's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, even when I talk to guys that you know work on the beat and are reporting uh, on boxing every day, uh, even they're kind of in the dark. So hopefully this gets all this this all gets sorted out soon. Um, now, would you guys not agree that if it's Golovkin versus Saunders in September? Uh, at the la- probably at the latest, wouldn't they need to make that announcement like sometime this month, preferably before the middle of the month, just so that they can have a proper you know three months of promotion? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, all right. <laughs> they want to announce that shit. They. I mean, it's a big unification yeah. fight or undisputed. It, you you need to promote the hell out of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Victor, and it's one of those things where it's, it's. I mean, it's only the, you know, June third, so we have some time, but with things are so unusually or uncharacter characteristically quiet for a fight of that magnitude, I'm wondering if it even happens at all, or if both guys, you know, if if, if this is just a cover story, to, you know, to hide something else going on behind the scenes. So I don't know, but uh, to keep to keep things rolling along here, uh, I want to talk about. I want to spend a few minutes talking about HBO and uh, their their fall from Boxing Grace. Um, there's been a lot of talk about it in the in the boxing media over the last couple of months, so especially the last year, I should say. Um, 
I have my own thoughts and opinions uh, as to what's happening and not happening over there uh, with Peter Nelson and, and the entire network. Uh, but Victor, let's start with you. What I mean, do you even have an opinion on this? Do you care that that HBO's boxing programming is basically in the shitter now? Oh, I've been saying I'm on my boxing protest, man. Like <laughs> HBO, yeah. Showtime, even ESPN. Y'all ain't getting my money anymore. Fuck this, y'all. When y'all want to treat this like when the sport itself wants to treat itself like a regular fucking sport, then sure. we can have this conversation about networks. But for right now, I I don't care. But yeah, HBO doesn't seem to give that much of a fuck about boxing. They seem to like be putting on a back burner. <clears throat> back burner. Yeah. They Showtime is kind of fucking HBO up right now, as far as yeah, networks. which is. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of a. I find myself surprised, you know, in in agreeing with that or having that stance as well, because Showtime is doing, I won't say amazing things, but they become the boxing king, like uh, of networks, uh, mm-hmm. with Al Heyman's stable of fighters, guys that are fighting twice a year, you know, guys that are B plus, A minus level, not you know, not on the elite elite level, you know, like like say a, say a Kovalev or a Golovkin or something like that. But yeah, I mean, everybody's kind of. You know, the promoters are running for the hills and starting their own streaming networks. And, you know, uh, Top Rank took their stable to ESPN, you know, and now ESPN has ESPN Plus. Uh, so that's happening. Uh, Michael, where are you at with all of this? Are you surprised by this? Does any of it anger you or, or do you care? I'm kind of surprised by it because, yeah, to me, kind of boxing has taken a, an upturn. You know, there's quite a lot of fights being put on. Like ESPN's putting money into it. Uh, the fight cards in England are doing well. Eddie Hearn's obviously got that uh, that new deal with uh, that company coming over. Forget the name of them. Showtime seems to be doing well. So kind of HBO has taken the finger off the pulse, it seems. And um, <laughs> where everyone else seems to be putting money into it and ESPN are bringing out apps and stuff like that with the ESPN Plus app. Um, it just sure. seems that um, Peter Nelson and HBO just, just completely missed Missed the boat, so but at least yeah. somewhere else. I'm just glad the ESPN Plus has stepped up, even though you have to pay for five dollars a month for it. Um, and Showtime has stepped up. So. No, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. You know, I, it, it's one of those things. HBO's fall from boxing grace. It's not one of those things that ha- has happened overnight. You know, it's it's not like they just dropped. You know, we're walking around yesterday and then dropped dead. Uh, it's it's kind of been a long time coming. Um, I mean, they get they they air fewer and fewer fights all the time, um, and then you know the, the the fights that you really want to see aren't even on on HBO. To be honest, they're on HBO pay per view. Uh, so you know HBO is just the carrier, and those fights are not really the you know they're not, they're not really the publisher per se, uh, or you know not involved with putting everything together. But uh, you know it, it it's it's kind of disconcerting to me uh, from a fan from a fan's perspective or from my own perspective, because I'm also a boxing fan, um, you know, all my life, you know, even before I became a boxing fan and was just kind of in the room when my, you know, when my uncles and my dad and my grandpa were watching it or watching the sport, it was always on HBO or it was on, you know, uh, I forget what channel Howard Cosell was, 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 you know, commentating on boxing on back in the seventies and eighties, uh, kind of was a long time ago, but, you know, it was always HBO or, or, you know, something like that. And I I don't know, man. It, it's like they brought in Ken Hirschman and then that kind of blew up in their face. And then, they, you know, Peter Nelson, when Peter Nelson was announced that Peter Nelson was taking over for Ken Hirschman, 
uh, everybody kind of, or a lot of people in the media got excited and, oh, this guy's also a boxing fan. He's not just a, you know, a programming executive. And then, you know, nothing has been done. It's just the same old shit over and over for years and years. And it's, you know, now like you, you guys both said, you know, people are kind of running for the hills and going in their own directions and doing their own things with their own uh, services. I mean, fuck, I mean, HBO doesn't even stream fights live. If you want to watch live boxing on HBO, you've got to be either at a bar or you've got to be in front of your own TV. And you have to you have to subscribe to HBO through uh, your cable service to get live boxing because uh, I tried it through uh, what's that what Sling uh, like four four or five years ago. Uh, and it was working until boxing came on and then we went to a blackout. I just had a black screen with no sound. Uh, Sling explained to me that, you know, boxing or HBO decided not to stream live boxing through the Sling service. Uh, I ordered HBO now when it finally came to Roku. Um, and same thing happened there. And, you know, now we've got ESPN. I can, I can watch illegal streams on my phone, on my tablet, on my computer and on three of my four TVs and, there's no problem. You know, I can get the content, you know, in a, in a number of different ways. But HBO, I feel like it's stuck somewhere back in 2005 or six. Um, and it's kind of, it kind of makes me sad because it's like I said, HBO's kind of been the staple, you know, or, or the king of boxing for most of my life. So, um, you know, I don't mind that Showtime is kind of taking those reins up and is putting on the, the better programming, but, uh, it's, it's definitely kind of a disconcerting change. Um, because I, th- I when HBO does boxing right, you know it's it's better than everybody else put together. But uh, I th- I kind of think that era is over, and I don't think they're gonna they're they're gonna be back on top for a long time, if at all. Um, sometimes I get the feel, guys, that uh, or I get the feeling that HBO's airing the fights that they air now just to kind of let contracts run out. You know what I mean? And then these guys can yeah, go somewhere else. Yeah, it, it that's just the impression I get. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you think, Victor? Do you think that's the case, or do you, do you just think it's like gross incompetence over there. I think gross incompetence. Either that or they're trying to save money for something big. That's the only two things. I, they have no idea what the fuck they're doing and there is no plan or they've like given up on boxing despite the fact that boxing is actually on the increase right now, which would be sure. incompetence. Or they're trying to save money and go for like some big play that we're going to be shocked about and then everything's going to make sense afterwards. But <laughs> Well, shit, if that's the case, man, I they've got, I think... Kind of like the Saunders and Golovkin fight, the time is the the time is nigh. You know what I mean? It's get mm-hmm. that shit out now, better sooner than later. You know what I mean? For yep. your own brand, for your network, for the health, for the health of the sport, and even just for the sake of fans that are like, what the fuck is HBO doing? What's going on over there? What's happening? You know, I I, I would love to see something like that happen, Victor. That would be great. I, I mean, I as as much as I as I hate having to pay or being asked to pay for additional. Streaming services, $5 for ESPN+, Plus, $5 for this, $20 for this. Eddie Hearn wants whatever he's going to want for DAZN or whatever, however it's pronounced, you know, when that launches and gets going. Um, I'm not going to subscribe to any of these fucking services until I have some kind of – until and I know it's, it's a fantasy world that I live in, but until I have some kind of – or I see some kind of consistency in quality, like – and guys aren't fighting just twice a year, like I'm out. I'm all out. Uh, you know, you can you can take the streams away online. You can block those. My ISP can block them. You can you can you know start giving people uh, capital punishment for streaming fights, 
okay, fine, I won't stream fights. I'll go to the bar and pay three dollars and sit. You're no, you're, there's no way these people are ever going to make me a fu- force me to be a fucking customer. If you want me to pay for it, I'm happy to pay for it. But you've got to give me the quality and you've got to give me the consistency and not just HBO, but like boxing as a whole. Even though it's, I I agree with both of you that it's on an upswing. Uh, in many ways, and, and in, a, in a lot of ways, over the last few years, especially since the the Heyman era began back in 2012, 2013, like boxing is just kind of these, you know, for fans, it's kind of limping. I mean, we've got these part-time fighters, and we've got fighters that make a career out of you know one fight. Their cash-out fight is their legacy after a career of fighting, you know, cab drivers and bums and and and, and the sports kind of ham and eggers, you know what I mean? Then they get that cash out fight and it's, if they win it, they're a hall of famer. If they don't, uh, they were exposed and they were never any good. You know what I mean? So, uh, boxing's got a lot of work to do, not just HBO in that area, but boxing's got a lot of work to do, um, in terms of, of, you know, how it services its fans, I guess. Um, but, uh, to keep the, to, to keep things moving here, uh, I did want to move the show along and get to, uh, a guy named Adrian Broner who publicly turned down a three-fight deal with Eddie Hearn. Um, and had we been on the air last week, uh, we would have talked about it then. Um, I want to I get Michael's thoughts first, and then, Victor, I'll let you run with it before I chime in. Uh, Michael, what did you make of that whole that whole ordeal? <laughs> I just thought it was strange because to, to make it public was kind of odd that he was turning down that kind of money, like... <laughs> Six and a half million of the three fights, and then because um, publicly he's earned a million for his Maggie Garcia fight, a million for his Jesse Vargas fight, and then Stephen Espinosa commenting on it, saying something along the lines of, "Who says Adrian Brown is not already earning that type of money?" So I'm thinking, well, well, where's that extra four million coming from? Because yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, not, that's not what he gets. People are getting told that he's earning, so it's kind of right. I don't know what's yeah. happening, really. He's obviously earning a lot more money under the table, I guess. <laughs> the, yep. the best part about that is that if you even assume that that money is coming, like there's a lot of money under the table, why can't Eddie Hurd also provide that type of money under the table? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion, guys, that I, I, I like when, when things like this are made public. But I, I don't. What I don't like is when it's done like cl- without class or tact. Like Broner just basically tried to shame Hearn, the way he did it. Um, and, and I agree with you, Victor. Yeah, he makes himself look like a complete fucking moron. I mean, we all kind of know that he is, or at least you know the persona that he puts on is. But I, I don't know the guy, you know, outside of the ring. But I mean. How stupid do you have to be to to do something like that and say something like that? You're offered a career high payday, you know what I mean, with with this huge exposure on this this you know this this new thing that Hearn has going, you know, with a major promoter in the game, and then you not only turn it down but you do it publicly and you act like like you're getting something better when you're not, you know what I mean? So I I don't know I I I think this is just me and I could be way off. But I, I, I've always been of the opinion that the PBC is is, is not really, uh, and Al Heyman to that extent, aren't really pro-boxing or they're not for the sport. It's There's something going on there that, that's criminal. You know, I, the, behind the scenes, that's criminal. Nobody else is going to say it. I know other people think it because they tell me that all the time. But there, there's, there's something, there's something 
unscrupulous happening behind the scenes, uh, you know, uh, behind the curtains of the PBC. And I, I can't help but feel that guys like Adrian Broner and certain uh, a few other guys that are, you know, that constantly get recycled, even though they're not very good, uh, that they're in on the scam. You know what I mean? Why else would you turn down that kind of fucking deal? I mean, if somebody came to me now and offered me a career high payday and it was, you know, whatever it was, two, three, four times the amount of what I, you know, was making or had ever made, I'd tell my wife, I'm fucking out of here. This job is toast. I'm going to this guy. You know what I mean? I'm taking this job. How do, how do you turn? Otherwise, there's no reason for Broner to act like that. You know what I mean? All clowning aside, I mean, you know, he's a public clown too. And, and, and like Victor said, he looks retarded. Uh, but I, I just, you know, and I, I don't mean to get too serious here on the subject, but I just can't help but feel like there's something going on behind the scenes. Why else would you be so so loyal to somebody who doesn't know how to promote, who doesn't know how to capitalize on momentum, and can't get his guys out there more than twice a year? You know what I mean? It, it just, it's stupid. And who who the fuck is Adrian Broner? At this point, he's a gatekeeper. Am I right? He's a slightly above average fighter at a world right. level. Slightly above average. Right. You could argue that he should have seven losses right now. And he, <laughs> yes. like, no exaggeration, he's only fought, like, what, two or three elite fighters in that way, in that particular weight class he fought him at. Two or three and should have seven losses. Yeah. Is no, even I, two or three, let's see. Who are the elite guys? So um, he fought Porter, who at the time was at the top. He fought – Maidana wasn't even technically at the top at that time. Um, Malinaji definitely wasn't. Holy shit, is it just Porter? Is Porter his best opponent? I think, what the fuck? I, I, I think Sean Porter is probably the best opponent that Adrian Brown has ever faced. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. And seven losses is what he should have. Good fucking job, Broner. That's just like a lot, I said, a lot about his popularity that he's even able to be talked about when he's, well, he's doing yeah. That. If, if 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 it wasn't for his can man routine and the, I, I and honestly even more than his his personas, you know, and the act that he he puts on in front of the camera or in the ring, I think that loss to Maidana and the way he lost did more for his career than any of his wins ever will. <laughs> you are, you know what I mean? I mean, the mm-hmm. shit that went on in that fight, the way he got knocked down, all the memes that people made, oh my god, it was great. You know, like, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's not just how you win or lose, but it, or not whether you win or lose, but how you win or lose, and in Broner's case, he lost fantastically to my, you know, Marcos Maidana a few years back, and that was the best thing that could have ever happened to him, but yeah, people I don't, I don't know, guys. knocked out and walked away with more respect than Adrian Broner walked away with. Yeah, well, yeah, they were. They was, they, he had a guy on each arm trying to carry him out, like he was, like I would carry my two-year-old or my three-year-old when he's mm-hmm. hurt or when he falls off his big wheel. You know what I mean? And he's all curled up. You know, you carry him back into the house and pat him on the head and and have him sit down and take a breather. But I don't know. Uh, that that was Broner's shaming of Hearn or the or you know the chiding of the offer was was I thought was really kind of stupid. I mean, I got the I got the joke, you know, in it. I saw the humor in it, but I mean, fuck, man. You know, if somebody says, "Here, here, I'll give you a million dollars a year to do, you know, to work three times a year," fuck, I'll take it, dude. No problem. You know what I mean? When do I start? That's you know, mm-hmm. I I don't get it, but uh, yeah, I it's weird. I Did you have anything to add to that, Michael? No, not really. I kind of agree with you. Agree with both of you. It yeah. seems like a crazy decision. You just, like you say, like PBC are obviously doing something shady behind the scenes that you can turn down that type of money. Right, right. 
Yeah, I, I, well, I, and I had to ask. I had to ask you, Michael, because I heard you giggling when Victor and I were ranting on it. So I wanted to get your thoughts. <laughs> um, but to to keep things moving along, guys, because uh, we've only got about forty minutes left. Um, Michael, you brought this up earlier in the show. Uh, the word on the street is that Mikey Garcia is fighting Robert Easternex. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on that, Michael, first uh, before Victor chimed in. Uh, who do you think wins that, and 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 how do you think the fight plays out? Um, I think Mikey Garcia should win it. I don't think uh, Robert Easter looked too uh, too good in his last couple of fights. He kind of struggled. Um, I think Mikey should. Probably take him out in kind of like the middle middle sort of rounds. Um, I think Robert Easter always looks a little bit drained when he comes in. I think he maybe needs to move up in weight. He always kind of comes in kind of looking a little bit lanky, a little bit all arms and legs. Like he didn't, never really seems to have much power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then hopefully, like we were saying earlier, Mikey Garcia beats Robert Easter and goes on to the Lomachenko fight before the two get so old that we don't really care. Right. Right. <laughs> now, Victor, uh, I, we are familiar with your proclivity, proclivity towards uh, Robert Easter Jr., uh, but uh, give us your thoughts anyways, man. Mikey Garcia should definitely stop him. I mean, just yeah. <laughs> Robert Easter Jr. fucking sucks, man. He's terrible. He doesn't even know how to use his size correctly. It is so bad. Like, why do you even... Him and Deontay Wilder annoy me because they are so fucking long and they don't know how to use it and it bothers me so much to see because, like, I'm a longer guy and I used to box. So, like, it's... You put yourself at such a huge disadvantage. That's like if you are... There's actually no other comparison. It's like if you have like these God-given gifts that like you can't take away. You can't teach a guy to be tall, and you're just going to be like, "Oh, I'm not going to use that at all. I'm just going to fight like a fucking idiot." Hate him. Hate him so much. <laughs> well, you said that that was going back to what we were talking about earlier when we watched fights together on Rabbit on Saturdays. Uh, the last time we saw Ro- the last Robert Easter Jr. fight we we saw together, the first thing you said in round one was, "This guy's fighting small." He's fighting way mm-hmm. too compact. He's not using mm-hmm. his height. He's not using his length. What the fuck? This guy's terrible. Balance is fucked up, too. Yeah, yep, balance <laughs> is fucked up. Placement is yeah. wrong. There's, there's, I could spend... Like, it would be a shorter conversation if I told you all the things that Robert Easter Jr. did right. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> I don't know, actually. I, I really don't know. He, um... He, um... Yep. <laughs> That's it? Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I'm going to step away from the mic for just a few minutes, guys. Uh, I've got to use the bathroom. It's not going to wait another 30 minutes. Uh, But I'll get you guys started on this next bit of news and notes. Uh, Victor, you wanted to make sure that we talked about uh, the apparent bad uh, bad blood that's uh, flowing between Gervonta Tank Davis and his promoter, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, So you two run with it, and I'll be back in like 30 seconds. Yeah. I just find it funny that Mayweather basically used Lomachenko as a threat against Javante Davis, and then Jamal Charlo and I think Adrian Broner, too, kind of seem to openly shit-talk Davis a little bit. What do you think about that, man? Yeah, it's kind of strange that I always get the the impression from Floyd that he doesn't want Javante to be as big as him or anywhere near as big as him, so he's just trying to build him up, and then he's going to throw him to kind of Lomachenko to knock him back down, like knock him back into place. That's kind of the feeling that comes across from the things that he does and says about him. Yeah, I could see that, but at the same time, I don't think it's reasonable for 
Mayweather to assume that Davis would ever get to that point anyway. So I'm thinking there has to be something else there. Like, Davis did something. And then why does everyone else dislike Davis? I guess you could say, like, that's jealousy. Like, Jamal Charlo and assaulting Davis, which is fucking weird to me. Because Davis is, like, what, 160? I'm not going to do the math. He's, like, a bunch of weight classes below him. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I can knock you out or, like, I can fuck you out. Like, yeah, you're also a lot bigger than him. You have, like, a fucking 50 pounds on this man. What are you talking about? Yeah, I think Davis is probably, if he keeps himself away from Broner and just keeps himself concentrated on the uh, on the spot, he's definitely got a superstar potential, I'd say. I would agree uh, with me, that. I don't know. To me, like, not in terms of talent. He hasn't really fought anybody good. He shows a lot of flaws. He just has knockout power, and that's it. And a lot of that comes from the fact that he's actually really big for that weight class. He's 130. He's a lightweight fighting in that division, but... So you're not you're not drinking the Tank Davis Kool Aid yet, Victor? Fuck no, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle between you guys. Um, I definitely need to see more from Tank before I before I kind of crown him the way some people have. Um, but I definitely don't think he's as bad as some people think he is either. Um, I definitely see some cracks and holes in his game. Um, but I think at least for the time being. Uh, like you said, Victor, his, you know his power and his his level of opposition will probably carry him for for quite a while. Um, now, as it pertains to Mayweather and, and the bad beef, um, I've only seen a couple of the tweets, and I thought they were kind of funny or humorous. Um, uh, but outside of that, like I don't, I don't, I try not to get involved too much with with the politics of the sport, just like I avoid politics in real life because they're they're. There are things that people with money and power deal with, and I, I really don't have any influence or say-so in those things. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's it's interesting, I guess, to read about from time to time, but I don't really devote too much thought or time to it. Dude, man, th- this is off on a tangent. It has nothing to do okay. with boxing. But okay. politics in my state have gotten really fucking weird. I oftentimes... I'll be honest, I don't vote a lot of times. I don't even pay attention to politics that much because I just, I honestly don't really give that much of a fuck. It's a problem that I have. But right now, we have some guy running for something in Virginia that is an admitted pedophile. And is apparently. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, dog, what the fuck, man? First, I read that and I didn't read Virginia. And I was thinking, what the fuck is this shit? And then I read Virginia and I got so, so sad. Just. Why did this have to be my state? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what else to say to that. I mean, I'm moving. Yeah, I don't know I, where, I, but I'm moving. I, I, I saw that headline on Facebook and on Twitter, and I just thought, Jesus Christ, what is going on out there? <laughs> but given given the state of the world and, and the country that the three of us are in, I. None of that shit surprises me, dude. It's a, it's a lot like I get a lot of it mirrors our boxing. A lot of boxing mirrors the real world, you know, or the world outside of the sport. And crazy shit that goes on, you know, and the, the kinds of people that rise to power and you know make decisions and uh, it, shit. This has never really been any different, though. It's just it's just it's more prevalent. It seems more prevalent because we have the internet now. You know what I mean? Back in the day, before. Before the internet, what it is now, or what it is now, you know, even in back in the 90s when it was kind of in its infancy, it was, you didn't get the kind of information, you know, that you get now, nor as fast. So, you know, 
it it might seem like it's worse, but it's it, the world's always been fucked up like that. It's never been too much different. <laughs> but did you did uh, did you guys cover why I was away? Did you cover the uh, the Javante the Javante Davis topic, uh, or was there something else we needed to add to that? Oh, just a little bit. I mean, we're pretty much done with it, really. Okay. Because it's pretty much uh, like speculation. It's just like things we've noticed about how it seems like there's yeah. bad blood between them. Let me ask you guys, because you may have covered it while I was away, but uh, I, I want to get your thoughts. Um, and Michael, you can answer first. Do you think, do you, do you believe that the, the beef between uh, Davis and Mayweather is real? And, and if it is, do you think that Tank eventually leaves him and, and, uh, and goes signs with somebody else? Yeah, I tend to believe it's real. It's not going to be the first person that's kind of had beef with the beef mm-hmm. with Floyd. You've got uh, Broner obviously fell out with him. Yeah. Mikey Bay, obviously, when he was made with the promotion, yeah. he fell out with him. Um, that Josie Vargas, he fell out with him in 2016. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's real. I think Javante may end up staying with him because Floyd can probably... Floyd knows his Javante's got the potential to be a superstar. He's going to be a cash cow for him. So, you know, money sure. talks, whether they get along or not. If he offers him some good money, then um, he'll probably stay there. Um, the thing is, for, for me, is I actually think Davis has a good chance of being a good fighter, a good boxer. He just needs to keep himself away from people like Adrian Brown, and then it's going to take him down the wrong way. You know, just concentrate on your, your boxing and be more of like a Lomachenko than be more of like a Floyd Mayweather, Broner sort of guy that you're like, are you a boxer or are you, do you want to be a hip-hop artist? You just you can't decide what Broner wants to do. <laughs> right. You know, just concentrate on, on, his, on the fight game, you know? And don't spend all the money on jewelry and partying and fancy cars because he's not going to earn that Floyd Mayweather type of money. No, no, I agree. I, I think he has potential to be a superstar like you said, but... Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think we're going to see anybody reach the heights that Mayweather did, at least financially. You know, for a, for a long, long, long time. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I tend to believe that he'll stay with with Mayweather, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, now to keep the show rolling, guys, we've got about uh, just thirty minutes left. We've only got a couple of news and notes left to cover, uh, but I want to get to those. Uh, is uh, Kell Brook versus Ga- uh, Gabriel Rosado? Victor, you alerted me to that. Um, where did you see that? <laughs> oh, I just heard about it. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. You can just go in and keep talking about Kell Brook while I look this up, because okay. we know Heard has been calling him out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I I don't dislike Gabe Rosado. Uh, the guy's, you know, the guy's tough as nails. Got a war, you know, class A warrior's heart. But my God, the guy was done a long time ago. So um, other than like to be a real rehabilitative opponent, I guess, or to, to, to kind of uh, be a showcase for Kel Brook. I don't see why, why Brook would take that fight. Um, Michael, is that a, is that a fight you'd be interested in seeing? Uh, I think it'd be a fun fight. I don't think Gabe Rosado is ever really in a boring fight. Um, I right. spoke to him a few months ago. I saw him in Vegas when I went to the, uh, Lara and, uh, herd fight. I saw him on the strip and I, I spoke to him, and he said at the time he was in conversation with uh, Chavez Jr. to fight in the uh, in Texas. I think it's Dallas or somewhere in like August or September time. So I'm guessing that must have fallen through if he's going to be fighting Brooke or somebody else. 
I found it. Yeah. It's uh, Gabriel Rosado calling out uh, Kel Brook or Danny Jacobs on Twitter. He's like, Eddie Hearn, I'll fight your top guy, Special K Brook at 154, or Daniel Jacobs, TKO, 160, line it up. That was on June the 2nd, so yesterday. Oh, man. I, I, I don't like – if I'm on Rosado's team, I don't like either of those fights. I exactly. Just think I, just, I, mean, like, yeah. I don't like going down to 154 and fighting Brook like – I if he fought him at 160, he would still lose, but he has even less of a chance of doing it at 154 because he'd be draining himself. Right. And Jacobs at 160 is you're not doing that. That's not, I don't rate <laughs> Jacobs as highly as a lot of people do, but Jacobs would destroy Rosado. That's not even competitive. No, yeah, I agree. Even even without the, even without the weight drain, I don't think Rosado has has the skill set especially at this stage of his career to to beat either of those guys um and there's you know again especially against Jacobs there's the there's the chance of really getting hurt you know what i mean so um i hope that doesn't happen and 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 just for you know i i don't know what Kilbrook plans to do next but i'm kind of hoping that they make that Amir Khan fight sooner rather than later and it's already way past mm-hmm. due um i don't know like I said, other than rehabilitating Brooks' career just to a slight degree, because Rosado kind of has a, a you know a name, um, I don't know what point that fight would you know or what what good that fight would do for anybody. Um, but I, I don't know. What do you think, Michael? Do you, w- would you rather see who would you rather see Brook fight? Uh, you know, obviously outside of Amir Khan, what would you like to see him I do next? That, I think the the Amir Khan kill Brook fight will be uh, Amir Khan's last fight on his contract. He had a three-fight oh, deal okay. with Eddie Hearn, so sure. um, he's got one more fight. I think he'll go for a big payday, uh, someone like an Adrian Broner or maybe a Manny Pacquiao, if Pacquiao can beat uh, Matisse, and then mm-hmm. we'll get uh, Amir Khan and Kel Brook probably next year. Uh, for this fight, I mean, the Gabe Rosado fight, I think, would be a fun fight because he just stands and fights. Uh, right. He's always good to watch. Um, but he's not really doing anything in the, the rankings-wise or anything like that, so I think a fight with Jarrett Hurd would be a harder fight for Kyle Brook, but would make maybe a little bit more sense in the uh, rankings-wise. Um, but I think Gabe Rosado really just he'll fight anybody that's going to pay him some money. You know, if you look at his, yeah. if you look at his box, his box rec, he's 24 wins and 11 losses. So whoever pays him, he's just a gladiator by the looks of him. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I God Kyle Brook versus Jarrett Hurd. Uh, I, 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 God, that that would be an interesting fight. I wish it, it would have. I wish it could have happened before Kell Brook fought Golovkin, um, you know, and took all that damage. Um, but I think Kell Brook's a little bit washed or kind of spent, a spent bullet at this point. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I, I mean, I would watch him fight Rosado, like you said, Michael. Rosado's a guy that always brings it. You know, he's 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 coming to fight even when he knows he can't win. Um, and he's going to throw everything, you know, but the kitchen sink at you. Um, but I'd like to see Kel Brook do something other than Gabe Rosado, um, just because there's the Amir Khan fight and there's you know, a possible Jared Hurd fight. There's other more intriguing fights, I guess I should say. Um, now, with that said, guys, the last bit of news and notes that I have here um, is the fact that uh, there's there's uh, talk of Joseph Parker uh, versus uh, or fighting Bryant Jennings. Uh, going down this August. Um, is that a fight that you guys have any interest in whatsoever? Or is this kind of just a, you know, kind of filler? 
kind of fight I care about, you know, but it's good to see Parker get another fight, you know, just uh, sure. it up. And it's not like Jennings is like a terrible opponent or anything like that. So, no. all right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not Parker something to I'm going to rush home for. The what? I'm expecting Parker to win. Oh, yeah, I would too, definitely. Uh, how about you, Michael? I think it'd be an interesting fight. I'd I'd kind of like to see Parker fight again, just to see. Uh, I thought he did quite quite well against jo- uh, against Joshua. The fight wasn't the greatest to watch, but I thought um, people obviously thought he was just going to go in there and get blown out. So it'd be interesting to see Parker against somebody else, like a lively uh, heavyweight like Brian Jennings. Uh, it's looking like Parker is uh, working with top rank. So I'd be interested to see whether he just signed like a two three fight deal with him and. You know, just to get him out a few times over the next year or so would be interesting. Okay. Oops, hang on, guys. I'm having some trouble with my, my soundboard. Um, Victor, let me ask. Can you guys hear me still? Yep. Yeah. Okay, hang on. It's. Is that any better? Now you just echo. Like, you were fine. Oh, first. <laughs> yeah. I, I, had, <laughs> I, I had some kind of warning light go off on my board, which is why yeah, I, I, I hesitated and there was dead air for a second. Uh, okay, I think I got it. All right, now where yeah, were we? We were, talking about, we were talking about Joseph Parker versus Bryant Jennings. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm of the opinion that it's, it's an okay fight. Um, I think Parker definitely deserves uh, to get another fight on, t- you know, on TV, and he should keep himself out there. Um, I th- I think he could potentially be a, an opponent for Tyson Fury too down the line at some point if he you know if he keeps winning and, and he gets back on track. Um, but it's not a fight that I'm obviously not going to rush home to to see or you know cancel plans to see. I could I could record it or pick it up on YouTube or something. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say on that one. Uh, did you guys have anything else to add? Not for real. That's. It's not a fight that's like I'm excited for, but it's also not a bad fight. It's like it's a good like sure. build yourself back up fight, you know. Right. No, it's, yeah, a, good it's a good confidence builder. Uh huh. No, okay. well, it's always going to be a good rebound. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I agree. It's a good confidence building fight. You know, a good one to come back from. Uh, but with that, that's actually all we had planned for the show today. So we'll go ahead and end it here about 25 minutes or so early, uh, unless you guys, either of you guys, had anything else you wanted to cover. No, I'm about to get some rest, man. Yeah, you, I know you're not feeling well, Victor, and I my fucking uh, my barbecue slash smoker exploded on my on my head yesterday. So uh, I've had a headache all you know all day yesterday and all day today. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and rest too. It also singed my face and and the top of my hair. So uh, oh, yeah, I've got to get some rest. Yeah, I, I, yeah, after I knew that I wasn't dying, like I was the, the I was worried about my hair after that. I thought, fuck, I'm gonna have to cut my fucking hair off. But I'm okay. Uh, I just gotta gotta nurse this mouse on my head uh, back to health. But um, and I'm sure Michael, it's Sunday. You've got work tomorrow and probably want to get some rest. Uh, so we'll go ahead and end it there, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, to review uh, the fights that we just previewed, uh, and we'll be talking about uh, all the news and notes that happen uh, in the interim as well. Uh, so for myself, uh, oh wait a minute. I just screwed that up. Man, I'm rusty still. Uh, if you liked what you heard today, you can follow us uh, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash split boxing. I'm going to blame it on my, my exploding barbecue. Uh, you can also <laughs> follow us on Twitter at at split boxing. Uh, you can follow Victor Atkinson at at 757 Vic and Michael Shepard. Uh, you can find on Twitter at at mshep 
10. Uh, if you would like to visit the splitdeboxing.com website, you can do so. Uh, and you, if you are so inclined to do so and are able to do so, you can support the larger Split D Boxing Network on Patreon at, at, uh, at patreon.com forward slash Split D Boxing. And with that, I think I should probably go to the ER. I probably got a bl- uh, brain bleed or something. But uh, for episode 24, I am your host, Scott Jarvis, uh, saying see you next week. <laughs>